Welcome to the Hidden Palace with Skyblaze. Good morning, afternoon, evening or night, wherever you are in the world. I'm Skyblaze and this is the Hidden Palace here on Radio Sega. Today we're going to take a look at some homebrew games for Sega consoles, which was in fact a topic that was suggested by Pocket Alary, who is in fact in the Discord chat with us. Hello Alary! So that's a reminder that uh, it's always possible to get in touch with me and suggest any topics that you would like me to cover here on the Hidden Palace. Um, Amusingly, apparently, my uh, my advert played just before I went live. <laughs> A little bit redundant, but I'll take it. That's fine. So, uh, there are the Sega community is so massive and so creative that there are a massive amount of homebrew games that are available. So in order to make things easier for myself and, and save the tiny remaining shreds of my sanity, uh, I have narrowed it down to homebrew games that were made within 2022. If you want me to revisit this topic um, with something more, uh, else or something more specific, let me know. But first up, we have a game called Shadow Games. No relation to Yu-Gi-Oh, to the best of my knowledge. Uh, this game was developed by JKM Corp and was released back in 2020 for Xbox One and PC, with a Switch release coming out in 2021. The Dreamcast release of the game launched as a Kickstarter campaign in 20 January 2022, and after managing to achieve its uh, £25,000... Yes. Uh, goal by the 1st of March, JKM Corp were able to get it published by Wave Game Studios. Uh, Pocket Larry saying, does it have a relation to Shadow the Hedgehog? Not as far as I know. So I'll talk a bit about uh, its uh, actual gameplay in a moment. Uh, apparently it was pretty well received by Dreamcast fans. I've not, play I've not played it. I've seen videos of it being played, but I've not played it personally. Uh, there is also a uh, PS5 release which came out in January of this year. I want a PS5. I should get a PS5 at some point. Grade 4, we should save up for a PS5. Okay. Oh wait, I'm going to be spending all that money on FanFest, aren't I? Yes. Bugger. Right, moving on. The story of the game goes that there were walls fought. Ninjas were on hand to ensure the world balance was maintained. However, in more recent times, a company called Shadow Force introduced combat robots, which threatened to upend the world balance. So war was waged between ninjas and robots. This sounds like an early internet threat. <laughs> ninjas versus robots. Pirates? Anyone? No? Zombies? Zombie pirates? While the ninjas were successful, it wasn't without a cost, as the ninja order lost their head commander. While the ninja order was recovering from this loss, there were strange disappearances from within their ranks, leading to some ninjas then turning upon each other. Suspicions then turned to the emerging shadow gangs, 
who appeared to be members of the aforementioned Shadow Force, although their motives were unclear. In the game, you play as Ninja Master Dan, who is trying to rescue his family and fellow ninjas from these shadow gangs. Gameplay in a number of ways is pretty similar to the Shinobi games, and the shuriken throwing and the rescuing of hostages, which in this case is missing ninjas, all the way down to the level layout and movement as you can double jump through each higher areas within the level. So it's pretty clear where the inspiration came from. This is not necessarily a bad thing. You start out in your street clothes, uh, where you can throw shurikens, although this can be pretty easily defected by some of the tougher, uh, tougher enemies. You also have a basic melee attack, which deals a passable amount of damage. As you play, you will come across a selection of power-ups, which this includes mines and ninja spells. Alright, cool. Although the main one that you will be after is one which changes Dan uh, to a crimson ninja form, which is pretty cool. Where he can hit harder thanks to his katana as well as having a more powerful ranged attack in the form of a, wait for it, submachine gun. I'm, I'm not sure that's entirely fitting in with the ninja theme, but never mind. So let's have some music. Uh, first of all, we have a track from uh, RKO Remix. That's uh, remix.kword.org if you are not familiar with them. And this is Shinobi the Shuriken Mix. And then after that, we have Shadow Dancer The Secret of Shinobi Battle on the Railway Number One. And that was requested by my lovely Greyfall. Be nice to him, it's his birthday on Monday. So enjoy those, and I will speak to you again after the, mu after the music break to talk about our next game.
listening to Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7. Sega! Shadow Dancer, The Secret of Shinobi, Battle on Railway 1, requested by Greyfall. And before that, we had from RKO Remix, Shinobi, The Shuriken Mix. Uh, hello to everybody who's in the chat today. So we've got uh, Kefki, Nicholas Aman, Doan, uh, Electric Boogaloo, Larry, uh, Chimp98, who I think is new to our server. So hello and welcome. Um... I hope you're enjoying the show. So next up, uh, we have Ira the Crow Maiden, which is another game which started out as a Kickstarter. This time by Second Dimension R&T, which original goal was set only for the NES. Or NES, as we call it in the UK. That really irritates some of my American friends. They're like, NES? What's a NES? Quicker to say. The campaign had a starting goal of uh, 55, uh, sorry, $5,500. Sorry, I have I have this calculus, so I have trouble with numbers sometimes. Uh, but it managed to blast past this, achieving a total of, wait for it, $32,507 by the end of the Kickstarter campaign. This means that it well, it easily met all of its stretch goals. This included a Mega Drive port, as well as an SNES, or SNES, as we call it in the UK, version of the game. The game actually starts with its story, and the backstory is that the barbarian soldiers of your tribe were enslaved by the infernal marauder who has taken them far away to be experimented on with powers from another dimension. 
It is now up to Ira to bring them back, but she will not be alone as she has the aid of the crows. Crows are awesome, by the way, so I would entirely be confident if I had them on my side. The game is basically a platformer, and it is pretty similar to our previous game in that as you traverse the level, you will need to locate and free kidnap barbarians who are scattered throughout the level. You start out with a dagger for the melee attack, although one of the items dropped by the various crows in the stage will upgrade your weapon. First to a scimitar, and then to a battle axe. Um, it actually has, uh, the gameplay-wise, it actually has some similarities with, uh, with Golden Axe, although... Broad, it's very broad. Along with crows that offer you items, you also have a crow companion that follows you and can be used to fly out and attack enemies. Although this is a limited resource which you can gain more of, charges of, by, from other crows in the vicinity. After progressing through a few screens, you'll encounter the boss for that stage, who grants you health boosts and other special abilities upon its defeat. So, Mega Man-ish. Sort of. Kinda. Yeah, it's a lot of, um, there's a lot of different elements from various different games kind of included in this. It's, uh, it's pretty interesting. Oh, hello Resident SD. Um, yeah, cr crows are kind of mercenary, but they're also super smart. If you get on a crow's good side, it will remain your friend pretty much for its entire life. Uh, feeding them is a good way to start. Yep. Uh, most corvids are like that, so crows, rooks, ravens, magpies. There's a lot of rack magpies where we live, actually. They make that rattling noise. Uh, <laughs> sometimes it's a right racket. <laughs> Especially in summer. Rattle, rattle, rattle. Right, so some more requests. Because uh, because a lot of these homebrew games, there's no um, official soundtracks available, so I've had to make do with some of these. And Doan's saying, especially if they're the sort that turn into a badass undead adventure. <laughs> yeah, I know what that's a reference to. I have it on the shelf next to me. Anyway. So let's have some music then. Uh, so this is, uh, speaking of Mega Man, uh, this is um, from Mega Man The Sequel Wars. And this is the Dr. Cossack stage, and that one was requested by Pocket Alary. And then from uh, the Mega Drive Mini version of Darius, we have Captain Neo. Uh, apparently Darius did start as a homebrew project, but got an official release. Which is pretty cool. So please enjoy those and I will speak to you after this music break to move on to the next set of games. Enjoy! Oh, 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 
back. And that was Darius, Captain Neo, and that was requested by Electric Boogaloo, who posted an interesting thread about uh, the history behind um, Darius. So if you're in the Discord chat, that's worth checking out. Uh, and before that, we had from Mega Man The Sequel Wars, uh, Dr. Cossack Stage, requested by Pocket Aleri, who of course also requested the topic for this episode. So thank you for that. Now, next up, uh, these are not fully realised games, but they are Saturn-related titles which were showcased at the Sonic Annual Games Expo for 2022. The first is called Sonic Ringworlds, which looks to be a Sonic Adventure style of game. The, the only gameplay we see is what appears to be a developer's level, where we have different platforms showing off Sonic's capabilities. The Sonic character model is quite sharp and polygonal, um, so more akin to something like the uh, models you see in Sonic R. Uh, it's especially notable uh, compared to the next Sonic game that I'm going to talk about, which is in fact Sonic Extreme. Yep, Sonic Extreme. I've talked about this before. The ill-fated Saturn game that was supposed to be a mainline Sonic title has finally had enough work to it by the developer Voxel to at least get a few quote-unquote, playable levels, a bonus stage and a boss fight. For those of you who have seen some of the original gameplay for Sonic Extreme back when it was first destined for the Saturn back in the 90s, you will recall that the game was viewed through a kind of fisheye camera system. Uh, this was referred to as the reflex lens. They're still using this camera system, so... But I can see why this was never a thing that caught on. It's quite dizzying. Um, the three levels we get in this version are Jadeful, Crystal Frost, and Placid Plains. These, along with the bonus stage, all use the reflex lens camera, while the boss fight, which is against Fang the Sniper, also known as Knack the Weasel, is thankfully in a more normal, acceptable camera style that you will be familiar with. Electro Boogaloo's saying, I've lost count of how many distinct versions of Sonic Extreme there are now. I know, right? There's a few There's a few different builds kicking around. Uh, there's the... I know there's a version which you actually need the Diamond Edge 3D card to play. And I actually own one of those now. Um, my friend Talia actually sent me one. Uh, but I need to build the rest of the PC to actually have it be functional. Um, so I need a specific type of um, RAM and some other bits and pieces to actually get it to work. And obviously the drivers and everything like that. Uh, but in the future I may give that a try. Um, but if you are curious about the what Sonic Extreme might have been like if it had been released, it's worth having a go. Resident SD saying it's pretty easy to count the number of good versions, that would be zero. <laughs> hmm. But yeah, since uh, Sonic Ringworlds has a Sonic Adventure style, I'm going to play a track from Sonic Adventure, and that's right, run through the speed highway. And then we actually do have a version of the Sonic Extreme soundtrack, and I have picked the track Magmatropolis from that to play for you for this music break. So have a listen to that and let me know what you think. Um, 
And if you want to go and check out either of those games, I'm sure that Twinny, uh, our great social media person, will have some links up. Enjoy, and I'll speak to you after this.
And we are back! And that was Sonic Extreme, our Magmetropolis. And before that we had from Sonic Adventure, Run Through the Speed Highway. Uh, yeah, the, I did hit the mute button, but um, I probably didn't hit it hard enough. <laughs> Whoopsie. Um, yeah, for those who don't know a huge amount about the uh, Diamond Edge 3D, which I mentioned in the previous talk bed, uh, it's the video card version of the NV1, which is the video chip uh, in Saturn. And LGR, who is a retro um, YouTuber, retro gaming YouTuber, uh, did a really good video um, on the topic. Very extensive coverage, um, really went into a lot of detail. So worth checking out his channel and Electrobooglue very helpfully put up a link for those who are interested. For those who are massive nerds like me. So... Uh, yeah, uh, special thanks also to Twinny um, for their absolutely brilliant work on the socials tonight. Um, the developers behind uh, Shadow Gangs, the, the first game I mentioned, uh, have actually retweeted us on Twitter. <laughs> so hello to them if you're listening in. I doubt it, but hi anyway. Uh, the NV1 wasn't actual Saturn hardware, but did use quadrilaterals like the Saturn did. Yeah, um, kinda, yeah. Uh, th it, there are a lot of technological similarities between the two, and including the quadrilaterals, from what I understand. Um, but yeah, everybody uses three-sided primitives now. So, we'll never know what could have been. Moving on! Uh, the last game that I'm going to talk about today, before I move on to the Egyptian Corner, is actually one that's more of a homage to a Saturn title, rather than being a title for the Saturn itself. And this is called Over Jump Rally. And this game is a homage to the arcade and Saturn game Sega Rally. And an alpha demo has been painstakingly created in using Unreal Engine 5. Visually, it looks as though Sega Rally was um, created like in the modern day, so like the, like it's been pulled forward in time. Uh, it looks amazing without using all the graphical features that are available in the modern version of Unreal Engine. They've managed to keep as much as the details as possible from the original version, as well as throwing in some improvements such as the card decoration, advertising stickers, Things are details such as the roll cage, which can be seen inside the car. Uh, the track layout is the exact same as the original Sega Rally, with only slight tweaks that you would be hard-pressed to complain about, it, purely to make the track flow um, easier and more logically. <laughs> so I can't believe they managed this, but it's the one important thing to note about this particular game they somehow managed to persuade Johnny Gioelli of Crush 40 to perform an original track for this game. Now the title of this track is The Machine. Unfortunately, I do not have a copy of it. There is a good reason for this. You can hear Johnny in the alpha demo, but it is only at the very start and the very end. 
because the developer is keeping their cards close to their chest on this one and isn't releasing the full track until the final demo is launched. It is very annoying. But just to make up for it, we're going to have a track from uh, NASCAR Arcade, uh, Dangerous Ground, featuring Johnny Duelli, and then a track from Sega Rally Championship. Please enjoy these, and I'll be back after this for Chipchin Corner. to Radio Sega playing the best Sega music 24-7.
And we are back! And that was from Sega Rally Championship, My Dear Friend Rally. And before that we had from NASCAR Arcade, Dangerous Ground, uh, which was performed by Sons of Angels, uh, better known to most of you as Crush 40. Uh, but yeah, cheap excuse to play My Dear Friend Rally, because it's one of my favourite uh, Sega tracks, Sega Vulcan tracks. Uh, Pocket Lair is saying it's a shame you didn't have a dolphin-related game to talk about as well. They are uh, no right. Uh, maybe next time I should like talk about spiritual successors to Sega games uh, as a cheap excuse and, and talk about the VR game Jupiter and Mars, and then just play Saint Gabriel Mask Vocal version. Hmm. Anyway, moving on. Let's go to the chip chin corner, shall we? Uh, today I am going to look at a slightly less, less well-known composer uh, by the name of Chris Grigg. Uh, Chris is an American composer who is probably best known for his work on LucasArts, where he worked on the soundtrack for Maniac Mansion. He has also composed for Epics and Electronic Arts, before going on to become a sound director in Hollywood, working for prominent studios including Pixar. He is currently the chairman of the MIDI MIDI, I can't speak. MIDI Manufacturers Association. So, uh, he actually did um, one of the first video games that I ever played on anything ever. Um, California Games. Um, uh, so, this is Chris Grigg, who composed the California Games music. Uh, this is the California Games title screen. Have a listen. Let me know what you think, and I'll be back after this to close out the show. Chris Grigg, California Games title screen. Uh, some of you who are into classic rock may remember Ray recognize where that tune originally came from. So, thank you everybody for listening. In fact, uh, Electro Boogaloo is right there. Uh, yeah, that was based on Louie Louie, uh, which is a rhythm and blues song um, from, I think, it's the 50s? Yeah, of, uh, the 50s originally. Um... Thanks everybody for tuning in. 
I'm afraid I'm actually not going to be around uh, next Saturday. Uh, because I am going to be at KokoraCon in Nottingham, where I will be the first DJ for the Friday night party, playing some video game and chiptune music. If you happen to be in attendance, please feel free to come and say hello. Uh, I will be in cosplay as Morgana on one uh, one day, and as Alice Level Year from Final Fantasy XIV on another. And Greyfor is going to be uh, going to be Persona Five Joker. Um, Aren't you, love? Uh, I, I will never the yes. Yes. There might be, next week, uh, a special something in my usual slot, though. So do keep an ear out for that. Uh, of course, I'm going to record my DJ mix uh, for rebroadcasts on Radio Sega at some future date. Um, I will let people in more authoritarian but authoritative positions decide when that will be. As I mentioned earlier, it's always possible to request uh, me to cover a topic. Um, as I said earlier, homebrew is actually a massive topic, so if you want me to talk about this again, let me know. Um, if there's something else you want me to cover, you can reach me where on through Twitter, where I am at Blazing Skies. You can contact me uh, through private message on Discord, where I'm skyblaze42-5499. Or you can reach me through the official Radio Sega Twitter, Facebook, and Discord. Thanks everybody for tuning in. I've got one last track to go out on. It's actually a bit of a preview for some of the stuff I'm going to be playing at my DJ set next week. I've been Skyblaze, and this has been a slightly shorter um, episode of The Hidden Palace, but that's alright. So, for the last track of this evening we have from my mic, this is the Opa Opa GMT remix. Take care, everybody. Good night.
Enjoyed the show? Check out the full Radio Sega live schedule at radiose.ga forward slash shows. Radio Sega, playing the best Sega music 24-7.